For our Christmas service on December 23rd, we asked Jerome Lasarczyk to present a monologue from the viewpoint of Joseph when he found out that Mary was pregnant. Whew. Excuse me, but I need to sit down. It's been a very long day. I mean, I just helped deliver a baby. My baby. I mean, our baby. I'm sorry. Just this whole thing's been kind of surreal. Let me try to explain. Several months ago, my fiancé sat me down and dropped the bombshell. I'm pregnant. It's funny how that small statement gets such a big reaction, isn't it? Ever notice how the timing of that little statement greatly affects the response? A woman says those words after a wedding, and everybody wants to throw you a party. People slap the guy on the back and shout, congratulations. Family you haven't seen in ages starts sending you gifts. Friends and family wink and smile and ask questions about the baby. But make that statement before a wedding, and you get a very different reaction. At least that's been my experience. Some people avoid me. Others look at me like I'm defective. They don't offer congratulations. Far from it. Instead, they whisper judgmental things about us behind our backs. Family members have reacted to me like I'm some sort of monster that took advantage of their poor little girl. Or they treat me like I'm some poor schmuck who got stuck with a tramp. Okay, here's the thing. I didn't take advantage of her. I have too much respect for her, for her parents, and for God than to do something like that. I'm not perfect, but I'm a decent guy. So when Mary, my fiancé, said, Joe, I'm pregnant, the familiar, comfortable world I have been a part of for over 30 years disintegrated. In an instant, everything changed. My head started spinning. I, I couldn't breathe. It felt like I was sucker punched in the gut. You see, we were so excited about the upcoming wedding. It seemed that all of our family and friends were just as excited. I loved her family. I had known them for years. After all, it was a small town. So everyone knew everyone else. Her father had told me he was relieved she was marrying a guy like me. Honest, hardworking, a man of integrity, a man of faith. <sighs> yeah, I'm still blushing over that conversation. I had been running a fairly successful small business. I was making as much money as possible in a one-man woodworking shop. I knew we wouldn't be wealthy but I was confident I could support a family. We talked about having kids. Mary and I both wanted them, lots of them, but not like this. When Mary told me she was pregnant, at first I was shocked, speechless. And then the hurt feelings kind of kicked my mouth into overdrive. I demanded to know who the father was. She paused for so long, I didn't think she was gonna tell me. And then in a quiet voice, she said, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> At that point, I kind of lost it. I got really angry. I accused her of lying. I interrogated her with a list of names of other guys around town that always seemed to have a crush on her. I berated her. How could you? What about our plans? What were you thinking? 
What are people going to say? Think about how you and this child will always be treated. Oh, think of the names they will call this little one. I'm not proud of this now, but I'd even threaten to have her stoned, convicted, and executed according to our religious laws. Mary cried and expressed sorrow at my hurt. She admitted the story sounded ridiculous, but she pleaded with me to believe her. She spoke in a quavering voice of how scared she was about the future, but not once did she waver on the details of her story. She was confused as to why, scared of what would come, but certain that God had put her in this position. She trusted that the Lord would care for her and the child and was determined to follow God's plan. She was so certain that her crazy claims were true. As I looked in her eyes, it was clear to me that she was convinced her story was real. If push came to shove, I couldn't have hurt her. From my standpoint, I couldn't accept her story as truth. I mean, who could? Feelings of hurt and betrayal wrestled with compassion in my heart. In the end, compassion won. I wanted to spare her life and any further humiliation, so I just decided to quietly break off the engagement. I would make arrangements with her father to secretly send her away so that no one would discover the pregnancy. Well, that was the plan. Here's something you might want to keep in mind. If you ever want to make God laugh, don't bother with a joke. Just show him your plans. Because apparently, I must have had God rolling on the floor. You see, that night, I had a dream. Or a hallucination. I'm not really sure which. But, but God spoke to me, too. He confirmed Mary's plan. He assured me that while not part of our plans, this baby was the most important part of his. He said this baby was coming to save the world from sin and death. Now, well, that climactic part of God's plan was some years in the future. What God needed right now was a home with a mother who would nurture and care for this child. God needed a father who would love and protect this child and who would teach him. <laughs> and of all the people on the earth, the Lord picked us, Joe and Mary, for the job. Would I accept? Growing up, I heard lots of stories from the scriptures of ordinary people God called out to be part of something extraordinary. But God wasn't calling me to build a giant boat in the desert, or lead a nation through the wilderness, slay a giant, or lead troops in an epic battle. He was calling me to adopt a baby. His baby. Ultimately, I chose to serve God and be an earthly father to this child. Look, I love God, and I love Mary. I know that following God will not be easy. I'm not even certain how everything's going to turn out. But I've made my choice. Hmm. The past several months have been difficult, to say the least. I'm aware of the gossip about us around town, the stares and the scowls directed at me and my wife. That horrible word that's already been surfacing in connection with the baby. You know the one. Sort of sounds like plastered. Mary and I only had each other in God to share our hurt, our fear, 
and our anxiety with. But today, I saw our son for the first time. He is beautiful. We named him Jesus. He seems too small, too innocent to take on the evil of this world. So I am committed to raising him to know and love his father God. I know he's not my biological son. You know what? It doesn't matter. He's stolen my heart as only a son can. Jesus is lucky. He's got two fathers to love him. And I don't pretend to understand all the particulars about this mission that Jesus will fulfill for God. But I can grasp the basics. We have been separated from God by our sin. Jesus has come to make it possible for everyone to be reunited in a relationship with God, to be adopted as sons and daughters of God. Each time this precious child lies in my arms, I am reminded of the fact that I have chosen to embrace him as my son, though he's not of my flesh. And I am thankful that every day he will be a living, breathing reminder that I too have been adopted by God, welcomed and loved into his family. I wonder how many others will realize that God is willing and waiting to make them a part of his family too. Times of confusion can be followed by times of clarity if I understand that my joy does not come from my circumstances. So in my life when things are confusing and I'm not sure which way to go, that can be followed by a time of great clarity if I understand that my joy does not come from my circumstances. For the last few weeks, we've been in a series called Experiencing Joy at Christmas. I've talked about how no matter what's going on around you, you can have joy. No matter if relationships are going great, if they're in the tank, no matter where the finances are, no matter how much debt, no matter how much you have or don't have that you want, you can still experience joy. Joy in spite of the chaos. Joy in spite of the unexpected interruptions that might come into your life. And joy in spite of confusion. A lot of people try to deal with their confusion or their chaos or their interruptions by just seeking after happiness, thinking if I could just be happy, if I could just get to that happy place, everything will be okay. Well, happiness simply means the luck of the draw, which means sometimes you're going to be happy and sometimes you're not. Sometimes all things are going to go your way and you can say, I'm happy. And then sometimes things won't go your way and you feel like happiness is a long way off. Happiness is nothing more than the luck of the draw. But joy, joy is something that goes down a little deeper into our soul and finds places happiness would never find. Joy is something that can be experienced no matter what is going on in your life today. Joy is what Paul the Apostle experienced when he was wrongly imprisoned. And still, he could say this, 
May God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make requests for you with joy. Times of confusion can be followed by times of clarity. If I understand that my joy does not come from my circumstances. I was listening to what Joseph could have been thinking surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ. He must have been confused. He must have been thinking, this woman I love all of a sudden is pregnant and she says that it's the Holy Spirit's baby, but God wants me to still marry her. He must have been so confused and thought, God, this is not the life I had planned out. These aren't the events that I was anticipating coming into my life. God, I'm confused. I don't know what next step to take. And there's probably times in your life that you don't know what next step to take. Maybe a great opportunity, maybe a great hurt, maybe a burden that you feel like you just can no longer carry. And you don't know what step to take next. But if you understand that your joy doesn't come from all of that stuff, you're closer to clarity. And while Joseph may have lived a lot of that time in his life confused, as God began to speak to him and work on his heart and he began to be more open to it, then a little bit more clarity came into his life. When he finally made the decision, I'm going to stay with Mary, more clarity. When he made the decision, I don't care what anybody says, I don't care what anybody thinks, I'm going to do what I know God's calling me to do, more clarity came into his life. And then the night that Jesus was born and he held this newborn baby in his arms, I bet all the confusion was gone then. More clarity. And then as Jesus grew and he began to realize there's something deeper going on here than just a baby being born. This child really is special. And then more clarity. When Jesus Christ was on earth, he, when he began his ministry and he was going around calling people to follow him, Oftentimes, he said things that confused them. They, they were thinking, what is he talking about? Because they were expecting Jesus to come and set up this earthly kingdom with a big palace and all of his court. But what Jesus was trying to set up is a kingdom that would reign in the hearts of people. And many didn't understand that and they were confused. And Jesus spent his entire time on earth trying to bring clarity to the confusion that existed in people's lives, and that's still what he's trying to do in your life, is bring some clarity. When those shepherds stood on the hillside, and this angel, this messenger from God, showed up to say, I'm bringing you a message, a message of great joy. These shepherds were forgotten by the world, probably not cared about by anybody, but God chose them to go and say, there's a message that's coming that's going to bring joy into people's lives like has never been there before. It's the gift of my son, Jesus Christ. And it's going to bring peace, and this gift is going to bring joy, 
And this gift is going to bring people when they think they can't take another step or carry another burden or deal with one more issue in their life, it's going to bring peace in their life no matter what's going on around them. That gift is available to every single person still today. That same joy and that same peace. What would you think if you came by my house, say, mid-July, and there was still a Christmas tree there in my living room? You probably think, well, I only thought he was weird up until now. Now I'm pretty sure. But under the Christmas tree, there were gifts, just like there probably are right now at your house, and there are at my house, and there's just a bunch of gifts. And you would probably not say anything at first, but then you would think, I've got to ask, what's the deal with the Christmas tree and all these unwrapped presents underneath? And what if I said, you know, we've been so busy. We've had so many other things to do. We just haven't gotten to that yet. We're going to get to it. We're planning on opening those when we have the time. How would my wife feel if the gift she got me, I just saw it, I knew it was there, and I knew she got me something, but I, I didn't open it. I just kind of kept walking by knowing it was there. How would I feel if the gift I'd gotten her and, and thought about and shopped for and wrapped myself and placed under the tree, and six months later it's still there under the tree, unopened? A gift only has value when it's opened. There's a couple different categories of people here today. Some of you have recognized and realized that gift that we've been singing about, we heard Joseph talk about, that I've been talking about for the past several weeks in this message series. Some of you realize that gift needs to be in your life and you've opened it and you've enjoyed that peace and that joy that only comes from realizing that following Christ, although you may not always understand it, although it doesn't mean it's always the, be- the easiest way to walk, that it's the best way to go. That it's the only way to go. And you've opened that gift and said, I want to be a Christ follower. Maybe those of you that are in, in this category, you've You've forgotten what it was like when you first opened that gift that day. And you realized this gift is going to change the course of my entire life. And maybe because of the confusion and the chaos and the unexpected events that have come into your life, maybe you've forgotten the joy that exists in that gift that joy that's independent of any circumstance. There's another category of people that are probably here today, and that's those of you that have never opened that up. You've never opened the gift that Jesus Christ gave, that God gave to you through Jesus Christ. It's just like it's it's under the tree, and you know it's there, and, and you realize it, and you understand it. Something keeps drawing you back here into these seats, into relationships, but, but you just haven't walked by and take, taken the wrapping, wrapping paper off and said, I want to be part of this. That gift has no value until you open it up. And those of you in this category, maybe today's the day. Maybe this season's the season. Maybe this... 
This is the moment where you say, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore on my own. I'm not going to have to deal with all this on my own. I'm going to open that gift of God's Son in my life. No, you may not understand everything. You may not get everything. There still may be many more questions than answers, but there's a reason you're here. There's a reason that things like this pull at your heart and say, you know, I'm tired of waiting. Open the gift. No matter which category you're in today, whether you have to re-emphasize in your life what that meant or whether you need to open it up for the first time, that can happen today right here. You can leave here having opened it and having changed making a decision that you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. If any of that raises up questions and makes you want to talk, there's some folks out at the back. I'll be out there every week. Any of the staff, any of us, just come talk to us about what that means to open up the gift of Jesus Christ in your life. Times of confusion can be followed by times of great clarity in my life if I just realize that my joy does not depend on my circumstances. May you experience that joy in your life, not just this week, not just this season, but for the rest of your life. God, thank you so much for the way we can just open up a book that's got a story that's thousands of years old in it, and it have application today. But it means something today. God, I pray for everybody in this room, people in both categories, whether they've accepted your son and and still gotten confused in life or whether they've never opened up that gift that is always waiting. God, I pray that whatever next step they need to take, that they would take that next step, maybe if it's just sitting right in their seat and they just pray. Or that's coming out into going out into the, into the lobby and talking to somebody that can guide them through that decision, or writing a letter, or checking on a card. I pray that they could take that next step, and I pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. May you enjoy the joy and peace that's independent of all your circumstances. Have a great Christmas holiday. Thanks for coming. Have a great week.